0: Well, guess what? This is an exciting day. I'm going into a new series this morning, a new series. It's called Guess What? You can see it behind me, hopefully. Road trip. Everybody say road trip. Road trip. You know, I had a buddy one time. He he he'd catch me would be busy or I'd I'd be doing something during the day, and he'd say, "Hey, man, let's go on a road trip." All he had to do is say road trip, and I was ready to go. Road trip. It was, it was a time of, of excitement, man. I wanted to go on that road trip. I wanted to be a part of what we were going to see, what we were going to do, what we were going to experience. As a matter of fact, let me say this. One of my most exciting times as a young man is when my dad would say to us, to the family, we're going to go on a trip. <clears throat> it excited me. And even better <clears throat> when he said we're going on vacation." It was one thing to go on a trip, but another thing for him to say, hey, we're going on vacation. I got excited about that. Now, road trips can start out really great and end great. Now, follow me. Road trips can start out great and end great, but they also can, can end in disaster for various reasons. The road trip can end in disaster. The same is with our walk, our Christian walk. As we experience Christ and we share it with one another, as we go down the road of life, we have to understand that there are certain things that can that can sidetrack us. Certain things that can make it, I hate to say this, but almost disastrous. Like, you can go on the trip and run out of gas. How many people have ever run out of gas before? Terrible thing. Or, you can have a flat tire. Now, a lot of Christians... Run out of gas. I'm not going to get into that right now. And a lot of Christians have flat tires because they're not moving at all. Another one that brings a disastrous results is getting lost. Have you ever gotten lost on the road thinking you know where to go, but you you missed it? You missed an exit. You missed the turn. Getting lost. Another one is detours. How many people hate detours? You see, detour, there's no road. My wife and myself, we had to take our granddaughter to, to camp, and they didn't mark on the road that it was a detour where I'd seen it the week before. So what do we do? We had to drive all the way down that road for it to, be, to, for it to say, road closed. A lot of times we don't realize, we don't want to heed the signs, but the road is closed up ahead. How many of you have hit, hit a roadblock? Lately, in your Christian walk, a a real roadblock, a wall has come before you. Well, I'm going to tell you, a road trip, a true road trip, you've got to be ready for anything. Amen? So, I mentioned running out of gas, a flat tire, getting lost, detours. And here's the one that really can get you and make the trip miserable. The all-too-common family squabble. My daddy, I'll never forget, he said, son, we'd be on a long trip, say, to California. And we'd get in an argument. I'd get in a fight with my sisters. And he'd say, son, if I have to pull over this car, I'm going to give you a whip and you won't forget. The squabble, the arguments, things of this nature. The road trip then becomes the trip was, you say the trip was bad. The road trip was bad because of these things that I just mentioned. (coughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let me say, it wasn't the road trip that was bad. It was how the participants handled the long ride. The people in the car. And if you ever notice, if you've ever been on a road trip and you got four or five people in there, and I'm sure some of you young people have, you get in there and there'll be one person in there, and they're in the trip with you that's obstinate, that's ornery, that's cantankerous, that needs need. Needs a dose of the Holy Ghost, and they make it miserable for everybody. So you're in the car for six to eight hours, and everybody's miserable because of one person. Don't let that one person mess up your road trip because we're all headed to a blessed destination. We're headed to something that's far better than a vacation. It's completing our destiny in Christ Jesus. So one passenger can ruin the whole trip. One passenger. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, on our road trip, let us not be weary in well-doing, <clears throat> for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. The problem with a trip, you get weary, you get tired. I believe my, my son and daughter in all were with us and we were driving somewhere for six hours and they said, man, I'm getting sore back here. I'm getting sore because the seats are not soft. Well, my solution is you need to gain weight and get a little more fluff back there. But the truth of the matter is it can make a, 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 a long road trip miserable. So you can't get weary. If you want to get to the destination, if you want to get to that, uh, what God has asked you to do, you cannot get weary, you cannot get tired, and certainly you don't need to get bored. The goal for your life, this is something good, you need to hear me, on this road trip, to life. The goal for your life is not the beginning. Mark this down. It's not in the beginning, but it's in the destination. I'll cover that in just a moment. On this road trip of life, don't allow the journey. Here's another one. Don't allow the journey to dictate your joy or your excitement. Don't let the journey set your standard. Don't let the journey say, I'm going to take away your happiness and your joy and your excitement for the trip. I mean, I've been with people before that the kids were all excited, but one of the parents had a bad attitude and a bad mood, and they just destroyed the whole feeling because they, they just had to, they want everybody to feel as bad as they felt. I say, here's what I would say. Pull the car over and you hitchhike. You got to get out of the car. I cannot handle that kind of negativity for six to eight hours. Now, we did this in a, in a temporal statement, but think about on your way of life and you're on the road to doing what God's asked you to do and you allow people to get in your vehicle with you that constantly are nagging and are constantly telling you how bad things are, how you can't do it, how this won't happen and that won't happen. Sooner or later, you need to say, get out, you go hitchhike because I can't handle this anymore. Pretty good, huh? So don't allow the journey to dictate your joy or your excitement. The journey doesn't, watch this, the journey doesn't only define you, but it will also refine you. It'll give you a definition of who you are, but it'll also sharpen you. You'll get sharp. You'll See the scriptures differently you'll hear the word of God and you'll start moving with with great anticipation and great excitement I don't know about you, but I'm excited to be on this road trip I'm excited that God has taken me to places that I thought I'd never see And I believe there's far more out there in front of me, but I've got to stay in an attitude of Of faith and of excitement and of joy And then I'll see those things a statement that Mahatma Gandhi made famous years ago. He said this, and this is something for you to understand, because a lot of people have messed up on the road trip. I said it would define you and refine you, right? Mahatma Gandhi said, I like your Christ. I bet you never knew that. He said, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians, watch this next statement he made. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. They're so unlike your Christ. What happened? Why? We've all got Jesus. Why? Because they lost those on on their road trip, lost sight of the sign. They lost sight of the correct path. They lost sight of the heart of Christ on their road trip they lost their way that's why mahatma gandhi could say that or maybe maybe they just ran out of gas they got weary and they just decided to pull over to the side of the road and just i'm tired i'm through the more they and the more they did this the more they deviated in their journey and watch this this really hit me this morning the more they deviated from their journey or who christ is the more they would justify their actions until they look nothing like Jesus. Did you hear that statement? They look nothing like Jesus. They act nothing like Jesus. They're just carrying around the symbol, wearing a cross, saying, "I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. But they don't look nothing like him because they've deviated so far and then justified their actions. It's wrong. I want you to remember there are a lot of different paths on our road, on your road. Many of you are traveling right now. We all are. Also, along with that, there's a lot of choices to make. I'll tell you what, you can get a GPS, and I'll promise you, you can uh, program it to go across town, and it'll show you off times three or four different routes to take. Some are quick, and some are long. You have to make a choice. And also, there's some that you can take that are dead ends, and you need to realize that. There are a lot of different roads. There's a lot of different choice. But which one will get you to where you need to be on time? On time where you need to be. Man, I want to be where the Lord wants me, Pastor Kenny. I want to be where the Lord wants me to be. I'm excited to be living in this day because I can see the fulfillment of the Word of God. I can see the Holy Spirit working in His house. I can see the Holy Spirit starting to pick people up and getting them on their road trip. And you need it. You need that, that experience with Jesus Christ. There's nothing like it. On our road trip, I find that in observation, we, the Christians, for the most part, are a strange group of people. What do you mean we're strange? We shout. We sing, we praise, we worship, and then we walk out of services like this with no more power than we walked in with. And I say that, not trying to offend anybody, but we're a strange group of people who can do that and come into a service like this and do all the things I mentioned, sing, shout, praise, even talk in little tongues, and then leave that service without any more power than you walked in with here is a key you see if you shout and it doesn't awaken your inner man then it's just a sound if you shout and it doesn't awaken your inner man on your journey then it's just a sound if you sing and your heart is not lifted to new heights then you've just created a melody If you worship and praise and nothing changes the way you address life, then you have exercised momentary euphoria. That's all. That's all you've done. But if in all these things I've mentioned, you see the living, resurrected Christ and the ability that he has given you, then you can be more than a conqueror on your trip. What a road trip. This is the beginning stages of this series. I'm trying to lay some groundwork where you understand that it's important to carry the right things, do the right things, prepare yourself. Here's something that might not be popular. But how many people have gotten in their car with all their kids and you're on the road for five minutes. Somebody said, I got to go to the bathroom. So one of my keys is make sure you go to the bathroom before you get on your road trip. You say, well, that don't sound spiritual. You need to get rid of anything that's waste. The Lord spoke that to me this morning. Anything that is waste, you need to get rid of it before you get on your road trip because it'll make you... Has anybody? The only time I got spiritual when I had to really go to the bathroom on an airplane was when I had to really go to the bathroom and I couldn't. Stewardess says, sit down, sir. Put your belt back on. That's when I really wanted to say, oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Why? Because I was hurting. So make sure before you start out on the journey that you've gotten rid of the waste. That may not sound super spiritual, but it will work. We fail. We fail when we allow our personal demons To become our tour guides. If you're a tour guide, you have to deal with your personal demon. Can I be honest with you for a moment? How many of you have personal demons? I don't, Bishop. Yes, you do. Your personal demon's making you lie. I do, Bishop. I don't, Bishop. Yes, you do. I've seen people, when they say they love people, and all I hear them is cutting down people. Cutting them down. Talking about how bad they are. And I'm thinking, is that Christ-like? you think Christ got along with Peter, James, and John and said, boy, I can't understand that Judas. That Judas is really a mess. Man, Bartholomew, my God, oh me, I can't believe he's that way. That's not Jesus. Jesus didn't do anything that he didn't execute change. Exact change. So we get tour guides that are our personal demons, like things I like. Now, on, my, on our trip, there's things I may like, but other people in the car may not care for it. Like, I may turn on a radio. I'll cover this later in the series. But we may turn on the radio to some kind of music and, and say I've got my family in the car, and they say, man, I'm the only one going, yeah, woo, yes. I like that music. And everybody else is sitting in the car going, I hate these songs sooner or later you're going to to realize you're not in this thing by yourself and you need to be listening to the right song the song of the Lord I'm I I can't preach this sermon in its entirety some of you need to be in the house of the Lord in the next few weeks so you can hear these things I'm as a matter of fact we need to get rid of those tour guides RL those things need to be gone Matter of fact, there are tour guides that's leading whole churches. Tour guides with personal demons. We need to get rid of them. Tell them to go hitchhike. You're not riding with us. I'm tired of hearing sermons and lectures on how things could be better. I mean, preach for an hour and a half, two hours to tell me how things could be better or should be better and how we can walk in the abundant life. I'm going to explain that, what I just said. Why do you say that, Bishop? That you're tired of hearing messages that talks about being better, about the walk of the abundant life. It's simple. There was a commercial back years ago where an old lady, excuse me, I don't want to offend anybody. An old lady, now oldest relative. A few years ago, an old lady, she's sitting there, she's looking, she's looking at a hamburger. And she, this is a good commercial, she took the lid off the hamburger. The, top piece of bread and looked at it. She said, where's the beef? Where's the beef? I say today we must show the world the beef. We're talking about how there can be beef, how the beef should be prepared, how we should deal with the beef, but we don't show them the beef. But here's the catch. Before we can show them the beef, we must possess the beef. If we don't have it, how can we show it? How can I show love if I don't have love? How can I show mercy if I don't have mercy? How can I exact proper thinking if I don't, if myself, my thoughts are all scattered? Here's the deal. People are watching you on this road trip called life. As you travel down the road, they're watching you. Now, here are some basics as you rev up your engine to get started. You're revving up, boy, I'm ready to go. If you're going to have a successful road trip, it must be carefully thought out. It's not haphazard. I've got to think it through. In other words, if I want to go to Orlando, which my wonderful daughter-in-law loves Mickey Mouse World and Universal. She loves the rides. And I say, we're going to go to Universal, Kaylee. So get in the car. We're all going to Universal. And I head toward Chattanooga. She's going to be happy for a little bit, but sooner or later she's going to realize, wait a minute, we're not headed toward Mickey. We're headed toward Chattanooga. So what are you doing? You see, we've got to carefully think those things through and plot out our course. I've got a lot more to say about this. I'm not going to do it now. But on this road trip, I'm about to pray. I've given you enough to whet your appetite on a road trip. You must have a clear understanding of where you're going or your destination, a clear understanding. Because if you don't, this is it. I've got to close with this. I love it. Why do I have to have a clear understanding? Because if you don't know where you're going, how are you going to know when you get there? Well, I don't know. I just showed up here. Listen, I've never been one want to just jump in a car and say, we're going to go where the road leads us because that road may lead you over a cliff. I'm going to go where the road may inju- lead you to a dead dead end. That road may lead you to something that's been washed out. Don't go unprepared. Don't just take this journey Without consulting the big, the head tour guide, you need to talk to the tour guide that's been there, done that, and has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, here's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna stop right there. Wet your appetite with this message. I've never preached one like this before, but I want you to know that God is about to help you on your road. You're on a road. And you need to prepare for your road trip. Some of you younger people sitting here listening to me, you've got a lot longer on your road than I've got on mine. My road trip, I'm well, I don't want to say that. My road trip is getting a lot shorter. But here's the news. I'm not going to give up and I'm not going to take my foot off the pedal until God, the the tour guide, says it is finished. So today I want to pray for you. As you travel, as you work through some of the struggles that you have, because many of you have struggles I don't know about. Many of you have people in your vehicle of life, in your sphere of relationship, that all they do is bring you down. We call them Debbie Downers. All they do is everything's a downer, everything's no good, everything's got to be a problem, and sooner or later, you're going to have to say, take a hike. If not, it's going to bring you down. It's going to destroy you. So the key there is make sure who's getting in the vehicle with you. Make sure who you're associating with. But I want to pray for you because I believe this series will start to grow. It'll start to develop. We'll start to learn from one another. And you'll start to see that there's something more to a trip than just getting in a car. There is some preparation. Oftentimes there's a little training. You have to be trained. I mean, think about it. If your road trip involves an airplane, you better know how to fly it. Or even a bus, Pastor Kenny. It's not, you just don't drive it like a car. There's things you have to take into consideration. So I want to pray for you right now that the God that I know will reach down and touch you and bless you and strengthen you and help you on this road of life. So you'll see, because next, next week I may talk about signs. But I want you to understand There are signs, there's a sign out there before us, and we've got to look at it. We've got to see it. We've got to contemplate it. I want to pray for those today that are having a problem seeing the sign, knowing which way to go. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for the opportunity that we have had (coughs) to minister your glorious gospel. God, your gospel is good news, it's not bad news. It's not something I run from, it's something I run to. It's not something that makes me feel bad, it's something that makes me feel glad. I can honestly say it's a joy to be in your presence. It's happiness, it's peace. Lord, I've never felt the elation that I feel when you are with me. So Father, right now, for those people that are struggling on their road trip. They're just having some difficulties. Maybe they've run out of gas. Maybe they've got a flat tire. Maybe their lights don't work anymore. Man, there's so much here. God, I'm asking you, help them right now. Strengthen them right now. Let them see the goodness of your spirit. Let them see, Lord, that you are the ultimate tour guide. You're the ultimate director. Lord, if they need healing, if on this journey they, 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 they have a sickness, Lord, heal them. If they have problems, help them solve them. Whatever their need, Lord, I know that you're more than able. So help them right now. In the name of Jesus, I believe that it shall come to pass. Because, Lord, the words that I've said here today, I've never said them quite like this before. And I believe you're going to speak more into our lives in the coming weeks. So, Lord, prepare our hearts for your word. In Jesus' name, they all would say, amen.